once upon a time there was an island. Hello my lovers, welcome to the Aethan podcast. This month I'm going in search of a painting. There's a patch of land at the rear of the hall, at the northwest tip of the island, that is overgrown with ivy trees. Headstones litter the leaf mould, the names faded away and chipped at by wind. A low stone wall runs rings around it, though it has fallen in places, and at the centre is a battered green spectre of a church. I say church, it isn't really. It's a chantry. A building built by the families of the lords to pray for those who have died. I've never been inside before. The doors and windows are vine shut against the weather but I have read about it. One of the lords, Edward, had been a foul and brutal man, and whilst many of the lords had been disliked or mistrusted, he's the only one that people seem to really hate. He was the one that had the menagerie on the island. There is little left about him now that relates directly to his deeds, but I did read a little pamphlet explaining that the chantry was built to atone for him. He was so bad, his sins had infected the whole sorry lot of them, and they believed only prayer could be the answer. The inhabitants of the hall had never bothered with the local ways. Only one ever sat in the congregation at the chapel, learnt the local saints and their names. The others worshipped privately, in the chapel here at the hall. It's gone now. I think one of the kitchen staff said it stood where the fountain is, but if you look closely at the stonework, you can see the cross built into the base. Anyway, the most interesting thing, to my mind, was the story of the clergyman the family hired to pray in that place, the chantry. He took his position in, I think, 1901, and was called Lowerton Height. I could not find much about his time before the island, but this is not unusual. The hall keeps extensive records, but seems reluctant to look up from the land of the island when doing its research. Visitors' lives begin when their boat makes landfall, and end, if not by other means, when they leave at the end of their stay. He landed on the morning of the 28th of February that year. He had travelled on a boat called the Baleful Deep, which was unusual, as most visitors arrived at the post on the chartered mail ship. He had been ushered to the hall, and I would think was surprised to learn he would not be welcome within it. Instead, a small living space had been built into the chantry itself. Things seemed to have gone well enough. Uh, the family did not note any concerns in the ledgers about him, just regular payments for his wage and I can only assume that they were happy with him, and him with his post. The first sign of trouble comes later that year, in May. 
A cold month, it seems, the island was hit by sudden icy winds and snowfall. There is a note, penned in the margin of the ledger, by some unknown hand. The butler, perhaps, a man called Strike at the time, stating that a party had been sent to check on height, but had been sent away, the young cleric insisting he was fine, and to leave him be. Whoever made the note has also made sure to add that food was left, covering his back, I suppose, for posterity. The next mention we have of height is a few days after this, when a letter appears on the mainland. I was lucky enough to have been sent this in a packet of papers I won at an online auction. There was quite the stack of incredibly dull ephemera, but in amongst it was this note. Written by Strike, signed this time so we can be sure it was him, to a reverend on the mainland. It reads, Dear Sir, I am writing to inquire about Mr. L. Height, recently taken into our service on the island. He was sent to us on good authority, and on your word, as a steady and level-headed man, ideal for such a post. Increasingly, his behaviour has become quite erratic, and though he assures us he is fulfilling the task he's employed to do, I have no way of judging this, as he will not allow entry to the chantry. I ask you, please, to write to him and ask him to speak with me. He will not do it on my say-so, and I hope that an entreaty by a man such as yourself might encourage him to speak. Yours, faithfully, Q. Strike. P.S. Before sealing the above, I received word from a maid that Height had spoken to her and asked her to request of me a quantity of paint, insisting that he needs it to discharge his duty. I would be obliged if you could advise me on this matter also. And that's that. No reply from the Reverend is held here at the hall, though that does not mean he never wrote. What is certain is that Height's request was granted, for in the ledger, in early June, is the receipt for an order of paint. Red. Six cans. From that point, Hyde appears all over the place. In the diary of servants, records of events, damages, complaints from the islanders. He seems to have locked himself away. Walkers passing the church had chanting at every hour of the day. It was supposed he spoke Latin though no one on the island had enough of a grasp of it to be sure. And whilst he was supposed to be praying, it was not meant to be like this. Quiet devotion to a task, that's what had been wanted. Not this high church mumbo-jumbo. This loud for all to see way of doing things. Servants began to refuse to bring him food. There is evidence of multiple dismissals around this time. The reasons given, just that the person in question would not perform their duties. But eight? Within a fortnight? There is no mention either of what the staff found so unappealing about the chantry, or its occupant. I asked the house staff if there are any documents pertaining to it, and was met with more than I have ever got from them before, and that they actually spoke. No curt shake of a head or blunt refusal, but an actual set of words. Leave it alone. Each, I asked, gave the same response. Listener, 
I have not left it alone. When I arrived on the island, I went snooping. Not in any nefarious way, just as a thing to do, I suppose. And on one of my trips to the attics, I found a door, small, about as high as my thigh. It led, I soon found, into a crawl space that ran all around the house. Here and there, my way is blocked by insulation, stuffed into cracks, or the stench of a long dead rat. But I've been mapping it, the whole complex. I can get most anywhere in the house now, and they can't see. I could even, if I wanted, get into the room from the Christmas story. But I won't. I will, I will never. Sorry, um, my point. Yes, there is a small locked study in the library. I have been in there before, but with permission. Overlooked. Allowed to see and take what I was meant to. Last night, I went in there alone and rummaged. I found the most extraordinary set of correspondence between Strike and the Reverend of the Chapel at the other end of the island, a man called Dustpool. I'll read some extracts. I won't bother with the pleasantries, as it seems that the fashion of the time was for, frankly, endless pleasantries, but I'll give you the gist. Strike first to Dustpool. He won't come out. Praise every hour of the day in Latin, of all things. I would not normally involve you in the running of the house, but we have little more we feel able to do. Can you help? Dustbill replies, My dear gentlemen, etc, etc. Your letter was a most enjoyable read. Um, uh, ta -ta -ta -ta. I will, of course, do all I can to assist, although I am not sure what help I would be. As you know, the current owners of the hall and I do not see eye to eye, so I will need assurances that I will be made welcome when I visit. He does not say what has happened, but he's canny, I'll give him that, for on passing, he says, of course, to be taken away from the chapel will be a trial for my congregation. They already sit every Sunday in the dripping from the roof, repairs so sorely needed, but I'm sure we can come to some arrangement. They did. I can see from the house book a payment made for slate and labour. The next letter is from Dustbill again, dated a week or so later. He must have been already. There are far fewer pleasantries. Mr. Sturck, I apologise for the state in which I left you on Tuesday night, and for not writing sooner. I went to the chantry, as you asked, tried the door. It was locked. I called for height, but no answer being given, I circled to the rear of the building, to the windows lowest to the floor. I could see him through the glass, I think, towards the western wall near the chancel, but he did not respond. I went to the small service entrance you mentioned, though it was hidden with ivy, and managed to prise it open. Then I heard him. It's not Latin. He does not pray in Latin and I do not know what it was, but you must get him out of there immediately, please. For the sake of the hall, he must go. The worst of it is, I think he saw me. 
as I peered up from my entry point. Has he always been so drawn, so pale? He did not stop his prayers if he did see me. It reeks in there of staleness and drying paint. Dustball. Interesting, right? Especially about the door. I didn't know there was a second way in. I'm going to go tonight, once the hall is asleep. There is only one more record of height in the house book, again. About a month or so after Dustball's visit. It is very short. Reverend Height met his end in his duties. Full stop. Chantry sealed. Full stop. <clears throat> Here we are. I'm outside the Chantry now. It's about... Well, no idea, actually. Late. I found the service door yesterday. It was hidden under a thicket of ivy towards the eastern end of the church. It's locked, but it's just a small door of thinly veneered wood. Not the great heavy oak thing in front. I think I can open it. <laughs> Getting used to the sound's noises now. Almost. Right, here we go. Very quiet in here. Listen. <laughs> what a stupid thing to say. I'm excited. What was he painting? I have an idea, but... Wait. Yes. There, above an archway to the west inside. I knew it. I knew it. He was painting a doom. You've seen them before, right? Paintings to show sitting congregants the perils of not taking in what they were being told. Damnation and salvation in gory detail. This is an odd one, though. There's just one figure. A devil of some kind. It... I can't make out its sex. Is reaching down and grabbing screaming people from a pen below him. And eating them whole. There is a snake coiled around the left leg, and on the right shoulder is another creature, squatting like a gargoyle. There are strange marks all over the creature itself and on the plasterwork around it. It's certainly something. Why would he do this? It smells very close in here. I didn't really notice when I came in. But whatever is in here is getting stronger. What's that? There's some kind of statue at the back, where the altar is, sitting slumped in a throne. It must be some kind of tomb top 
A gaunt figure. Skeleton showing through skin. Is it marble? A memento mori? Is it just painted wood covered in dust? I can't see. I have never seen anything like it before. It's a man. It's a male figure. Wearing a shirt and trousers. There are things stacked at his feet. And there's a paintbrush in his hand.